This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to COE Watch, a podcast by The Straits Times. I'm Lin Yan Zhou, and I cover transport news and motoring trends. A Certificate of Entitlement, or COE for short, gives you the right to own and register a vehicle in Singapore. And this COE does not include the price of the vehicle itself. And COE premiums have been rocketing. As of September 2023, the latest COE price to register a larger car is just under $135,000. Ten years ago, it was around $70,000, so it has nearly doubled. As a reporter covering transport, I have been looking at COE prices from the outside. Now, to help us understand what is actually going on, I have Mr. Sei Kuining. He's someone who has been in the motor trade for more than 20 years. And during that time, he has been in the thick of the action, setting car prices and bidding for COEs. He tells us how it is done. Hello, Sei. Welcome to the show. Tell us briefly about yourself. Hi, I'm Sei Kuining. I've been in the motor business for about 20 years. I've managed mass market brands and luxury brands. Yeah, from 2010 to 2012, I was with a German luxury brand. And during that period, COEs were at a historical low, like it is today. So my team and I were pretty much responsible for the state of COEs back then because uh, we were a market leader. And I would say that we have a bit of experience as to what's going on in the market these days and also you know, how situations can arise where $100,000 COE can actually uh, occur. Oh, well, I mean, that's putting it mildly. I think in case you, you missed it, this gentleman here was responsible for that period when COE actually first breached $100,000. Uh, guilty as charged. Before we go into how your dealership went about driving COE prices, let me give a quick recap on a couple of things about this COE or Certificate of Entitlement. Number one, there are five categories of COEs. Cat A and B are for cars, C for commercial, and D for motorcycles, and E, which is the open category. That ends up, well, usually used for expensive cars. Number two, when it happens. A tender exercise for COE is held twice a month. While individuals can bid for an COE on their own when they want to register a new vehicle, most are done by companies, whether it's car dealerships, fleet operators, or motorcycle shops. Number three, and this is important, the tender exercise typically closes on a Wednesday at 4 p.m. sharp. Say, in this podcast, we want to talk about what happens in that final hour before bidding for COE closes. How does a big dealership like yours bid for COEs? So let me invite you into the secret lair of bidding for COEs. It's very similar to buying your favorite item off eBay, right? There's a cutoff time. You need to make sure that, you know, your bids are in and really the action re only happens towards maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of the bid where the interested parties are putting in their final bids and hoping to secure the item on eBay. The COE system is not unlike that, but obviously a lot more serious mm. because these are business decisions that corporations like mine would have to take. So even though they're, you know, every time you analyze the COE results the hundreds of bids in mm. uh, essentially only the bids that really are serious are the ones that are still in action in the last maybe 15 minutes of that time i see uh, a lot of companies actually put in bids because it is their administrative responsibility to do so even though technically they know that they actually have no ability to compete in the last 15 minutes of the bids but their responsibility to the customer is to say that 
look, I put in a bit and, you know, it exists in the system. Okay, I see. I mean, I think here what we're saying is that as an individual, when I buy a car from, you know, said dealership, I would have signed to say that, okay, you're going to get the car in two, three or six bits. Mm-hmm. And I can actually go into the LTA website to see that there is a bit yep. placed in my name during that the afternoon, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. So you talk about how there are companies that are in it, but not really in for the kill to secure the COE. Right. In a limited supply of COE situation that we're having right now, and occurred, and this occurred 10 years ago when I was running the German brand, what you actually would have only players with a lot of margins mm. in their retail prices that can compete. And what I mean by that is essentially when you secure a COE bid, you have two pools of money that you rely on as a dealership. One is the margins that exist from within the car itself, yes. priced into your retail price, and the support that you can secure from your principals or your manufacturers as part of your sales support or marketing support. So these two pools will then determine whether you're in the game for the COE or not. If you're not in the game for a COE, you would have been out of the race a long time ago, not even in the final 15 minutes. The people who really need the COEs will only be the ones in play in the last 15 minutes, and they rely largely on these two pools of funding. So in that last 15 minutes, how hungry they are? I mean, of course, one side, we know how deep your pockets are, how big these two um, buckets Ooh, of so. money is. Yep. But how, what actually drives them to become, say, hungrier than the, than the one beside them? Okay, so technically speaking, there are quite a number of reasons. I'll just highlight three. We would think, how important is this COE to us? Mm. For example, we may need to hit a volume target for that quarter mm. or for that month. So securing this COE is vital for us to achieve that corporate target or that commitment to our principles. Second reason is, you know, maybe I have a lot of existing stock. Mm. There's a new model coming our way. I need to get rid of that inventory. So if I don't secure the COE, I'm going to run into a very uncomfortable problem of having the old model and the new model still on my hands. So that's something that we need to do. And then thirdly, of course, is maybe contractual agreements, like yeah. you've committed to securing the COEs for your customers within three bits, and you've tried two bits, didn't really work, and this is your third bit. So come what come may, you need to actually go in to secure the COEs. Yeah. So these three reasons largely drive or ferment a business decision behind the bidding of the COEs. So you talk about them meeting the targets, right? Dealerships meeting the targets. But you already collected your orders, right? Okay, so selling a car in Singapore is a fairly complicated exercise. <laughs> Do tell. The easy part <laughs> is selling the car. Okay. The hard part is securing the COE for the registration of the car. Because it is not registered or acknowledged as a sales unless you actually have the car registered. Mm. And you can't register a car in without Singapore a COE. without a COE. Exactly. So getting that COE is actually to complete the sales cycle, to complete the loop. Salespeople don't get paid. Yeah. We don't get our incentives from our principals unless we register the car. So it's very, very vital that the principals or dealerships have the ability to secure the COEs. So you say that the game is really about making sure we get that COE, yep. right? On, on, on the side of the dealer, which of course, as the consumer, great, we get to get our car. Mm-hmm. How do you used to do it? Because I remember back then in the dealership that you were in, you guys were the big boys, right? You come in with two, three hundred bits yep. at each go, right? Yep. So how do you actually do that? Do you have 
a, a special machine, for example, I mean, yeah. in, in this room. How, how do you get this done? We actually have a war room. Okay. Where we set up a bank of computers and we actually log in all our bids for the month yes. or for that bid. And it can go up to several hundred bids at a go. Mm. What we do is we have certain computers assigned to certain types of bids. For example, the, these computers will be assigned category A and, and so forth. Mm. And you have a separate teams actually doing the keying in for that for that purposes. Yeah. So that's why it's important for us to actually set it up even before the COE actually happens. Actually, yeah. we take about one or two days to actually set up this, make sure that all the the documentation is done and we key in these bits early so that it's actually logged into the system. Why is it important? It's just like when you are making a bid for eBay, right? You throw in a bid and you just basically wait to see the prices move. Yes. And when they do adjust upwards, then you will then recalibrate your own bids. Mm. And because we have hundreds of bids to manage, we don't actually do it one by one. Yeah. We tend to do it record by record. In this case, maybe 10 bids at a go. So like in the, as a batch, batch by batch. As a batch, yes. Okay, correct. See. So here we are talking about the many minutes or the hours before that final hour, before mm-hmm. it really, it's or, or, or as you describe it, the last 15 minutes or so, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens? I mean, so you, you're going in and now we are nearing, you know, where the game gets real. Yep. The last 15 minutes or so, yep. uh, you're looking at the way it's progressing. Yep. Uh, how do you then behave? Where do you make the call? Okay, so logically, most car companies would have a computed limit to their bidding. Mm based on the price of the car that they retail, they would have a ceiling for which they would bid up to. The real issue becomes when that ceiling is already breached, Yes. what do you do next? Because any decision that you make on increasing COE prices thereafter is going to be accounted as a loss because it's exceeding what you've allocated for your COE budget within that retail price. Mm. Then it becomes a business decision. And it becomes the decision as to whether you take the hit in exchange for maybe some incentive down the road or you basically said, well, uh, you know, it's just the, the cost of doing business. I need that registration, so I will take the hit and put that, that decision in. Yeah. So that decision is taken, it sounds quite on the fly, right? Because if you have this crazy period because other people are trying to run out their own models or what have you and then it starts climbing, like what we've seen in recent times, it's all done like, were you in that room saying, do it, guys, pull the trigger? Yeah, so what I made a fairly important decision when I was running this uh, German mark was that I needed to be in the COE room every single bit because I wanted to be able to make decisions there and then. But it is not really on the fly. We would have discussed what is our position going into every bit. We know exactly what are the limits. Yes. We know how much losses we can take in exchange for incentives achieved. So it is actually, there's a science to it, but obviously the decision as to whether to bid or not is ultimately left to the the biggest guy in the room. Well, normally it'd be the sales director and all this, but mm. because for me, I felt it was a really important decision, I wanted to make the call myself. So I've been involved in bids where I've lost several million dollars on the cost of those bids. Yeah. But because I know there is a pool of incentives coming if I achieve those numbers, it mitigates those losses. So those things can happen. Maybe to, to give us a bit of a skill, right? I mean, there you go. You say in one sitting, it's a few million dollars. You're like a, the, the, the shark at a the, at the casino. But how many... I've never been to a casino, by the way. I heard that this is what happens in a casino. But 
in in that space of time, or or rather in that period where you need to secure the COEs, how much money are we talking about in terms of additional incentives? Okay, this can be a trade secret, so I might be short for saying that, but uh, it can go up to several million dollars per quarter. Per quarter. Yeah, but we're talking real large. We're talking about the fairly big brands. Yes you would find that the smaller brands do not have the luxury for that. And, that, and so therefore, they don't really feature in, in a time where COEs are limited in the COE bidding game. They just don't have the support or the margins to actually bid for, for these COEs. And as we're talking about the COE supply being as, as restricted as it is, right? Is there any truth to the thinking that there might be dealers that say, I'm going to hold back this time round, you know, keep a few more in the pocket, I'm going to come in only later on? Or do, they, do you think that they're all going in now? No, I think ultimately you play the long game. If you can find a way to get the COE right now yes. at minimal cost to your operations, you would do so. I've heard people say that dealerships only want to get the COE so they'll, they'll go for a bus, they'll break the bank yes. to get it. Yes. There's no truth to that because I don't know any businessman who is very interested in rising costs in, <laughs> as part of their setup, right? So all they want to do really is to make sure they can secure the COEs at the very lowest price that they can get it for. Yep. But if the competition is really intense, and my sense is the competition is really intense these days, they are sometimes forced into a decision that may not be logical, but in the longer run of things, when you look at what their game plan is, it actually makes business sense. How far can dealers play this long game? How long are they looking at? Because we're just looking at registrations. Just I don't know how to keep the lights on in the showroom. Yeah. So um, a dealer normally looks at just getting by year to year. Year to year. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's that difficult when you have a COE system in play. Mm. Obviously, in other car markets, you probably have a more enthusiastic view on, on, on things. But honestly, in Singapore, you live year to year depending on the COE supplies. If COE supplies are really huge, then great. You know, everybody has a, a slice of the pie. When COE supplies are limited, then only the really strong brands uh, tend to be luxury brands, they will survive. And then the smaller brands will just basically try to eke out a living. So I would say most of us, we probably look at it only from a year-to-year basis. So it's on a don't die sort of agenda then? Live to fight another day <laughs> is the no, motto. And, and yeah. Another fortnight, you mean? Another fortnight, again. yeah, correct. So I want to find out, like this thing with, we, we talked about how dealerships actually don't want COEs to be high, right? Absolutely. I mean, too high rather. Absolutely. Uh, but now we are faced with $130,000 COE already. Mm-hmm. As a consumer, is there a best time or at least a less bad time to buy a car? Uh, there's never a, a good time or a bad time to buy a car, but I would say that you would probably be in a position to get a better deal uh, towards the end of every sales quarter yes. because brands have to achieve their targets quarter by quarter. And you would find that a lot of deals will come your way towards the end of those quarters because dealers want to attract the orders. And as I said just now, attracting orders is only half the challenge. The, the big and that's challenge, the easy part. That's the easy part. Getting the CUEs is a tough part. But because some of us are actually forced to make a decision to achieve those numbers, Sometimes you will get a COEs that are actually way above what you've paid for. Mm. And that is because the, the businesses have made a decision that they need to get the COE for you. So on this point on the quarters, right, meeting the target, when are these quarters? I mean, are we talking about like 
calendar year quarters like March they and so They tend on, to be or? calendar year quarters because manufacturers tend to structure their sales year into those calendar year quarters for management. But are there exceptions? Not in my years of experience, no. Okay, because I was thinking whether it'd be a good idea to, to run checks with Accra to see that the registration for companies when their financial years are just to kind of yeah, pick so up the best time. What normally happens is that every single one of us would need to do our business plans yes. towards the end of the year, maybe October or November, lock those numbers in. Those numbers then go back to the factory, yep. wherever they may be, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a production target. That production target is locked in. So come 1st January, the factory that's making cars for you will go The about, machine starts, yeah. Yeah, the machine starts and you got to take the cars. And that is a commitment that you make to the brand and then you run with it. Obviously, you know, things happen, right? Like COVID. Yeah, supply chain. Supply chain and all this kind of stuff. Things can be thrown out the window. But largely, manufacturers expect their distributors or the dealers to hold firm to those numbers. And then you do what you can at the back end to actually meet those numbers. So that is a very important reason for existence for a lot of dealerships. So now if, if that's the case, I mean, I'm not doubting your words here, but say it's a great time to get a car around June or around December. Does that then actually add to the problem of rising COE then? Because, you know, there'll be more people after hearing this podcast go, oh, you know, I've got a great top tip. Let's go in in December. And then more, more demand. Basic economics suggests that COE is going to go up further. Yeah. So you have the dealerships playing this game where they need to put out a really attractive package yeah. to suck in the orders. To meet the numbers. As in to price, to put in an attractive price. Put in an attractive price or attractive promotion to bring you in. Mm -hmm. Then they need to worry about the bidding of the COEs. And that is not your problem anymore because as a consumer, your problem is done when you finish signing the agreement, right? Then the next part of the problem then is resolved between the dealerships and the manufacturers. They have to find some way of actually sorting out what is exactly the resources needed to secure the COE. And that's a done deal. And if it really rises because of the high demand, then that's not your problem as a consumer. It's a dealership that needs to handle that. And is there a risk where the the parties involved, the dealers and the principals actually go, oh, that's a big oopsie? Uh, Yeah, that sometimes is resolved before the quarter comes to a close. Some dealers will go back to their customers to say, hey, we need some help here, yeah. This thing is really ugly. Can you like top up on your COEs and stuff like that? Some brands, I realize, actually now don't want to get involved in that problem at all. They tell the customers, go bid for your own COEs. And the customers then will have to make sure they have a COE in order to buy that particular brand of car. That means the dealerships do not have to worry about the, you know, having to allocate funds to bid for COEs. It becomes the consumer's problem. Uh, so that is actually one way of actually looking at this problem and solving it. But it would mean that unless your car is in exceedingly high demand, a lot of people would only wait for COEs to drop before yeah. they actually put a bid in for COEs. So as a principle, unless you have a really high demand uh, model, mm. you would then suffer peaks and troughs throughout that cycle, which is not actually wanted by anyone. So we talk about principles and, and dealers. It sounds like the dealers are the one that's getting their hands dirty, you know, in at a computer terminal, hitting enter and up and up and enter, right? Yep. Uh, is that a part of that exchange in planning where you need to just decipher this difficult code of COE to the principles? How well-versed are the principles in terms of, oh, these are difficulties or it's just, oh no, it's a call from say again, they need another X million dollars? Well, we don't normally call our principles during e- COE put, it on, put an email yeah. and WhatsApp. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. You normally resolve all these issues mm. uh, even before the game starts. And sometimes you go quarter to quarter. Yeah. But essentially during our business planning cycle, we would have already determined what's needed to actually survive the COE game and then it's priced accordingly. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that it's not as ad hoc as maybe projected. Mm -hmm. You would make those business decisions prior, prior to that. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we always understand is that, look, the projection of COE supply is something that can be seen, right? Based on 10 years ago, mm -hmm. this majority of these COEs will now go back into the market. So mm -hmm. this equals to roughly thereabouts our COE supply. This is, you know, after you have already left the dealership. But just in this past year, there have been quite a few adjustments to the way COE is being calculated, which would, I'd imagine, the projections would change, your numbers would change. How do you think that the principals were reacted as well as the involved, their local partners, the dealers here? Okay, so anytime the government releases more COEs, we'll have a meeting and the, yes. the message from the principals is, go out and get those COEs. <laughs> yeah, that's a simple message. If they release another 5,000, mm. secure as many as you can. Then it becomes an issue of, okay, how much do we need to actually get the job done? Yeah. Uh, sometimes they will say, sorry, we don't have additional resources. You got to go sort it out. Sometimes they'll say, fine, we'll find some of this. And those are discussions that you need to have prior to, to tackling some of these ad hoc adjustments. Yeah. yeah. Because this comes back to the earlier point about the commitment that the local enterprise has set with the factory. I need 100 cars. And then suddenly the series is now not as many as you thought, and then how are you going to get rid of those cars or, or meet the target that you set? Yeah, which was much there earlier. are many tools available to dealerships to meeting targets. Uh, selling cars is one approach. There are also other approaches. Lucky draws? Do they give lucky draws? No, lucky draws <laughs> is, well, we do, but not actually a, a reliable source of meeting volume targets. Mm. Sometimes what you do is you have lease agreements with certain rental car companies mm -hmm. or, or people movers. There are many other tools that's available. You wouldn't have a one-dimensional sales tactic, let's say. I see. Yeah. Okay. And, and this, of course, to qualify that, it's you are dealing with a relatively big player in, in, in the game because the, the small guys probably don't have this sort of facility to go to the, the fleet operators or go to, yeah. to find these different ways to get rid of the cars? I would say that whether you have a very huge luxury brand or you're doing a, a small mass market brands, the tools available are the same. It's the scale that changes. Yes. Yeah. And the ability for you to get people interested because if you are re representing a, a mass market brand, chances are people would not be so interested unless it's a really attractive price. Mm. If you're representing a, a luxury brand, yes. of course people are interested. But again, it depends on the price that you're offering. Of course. So the tools that's available is actually common to all. It's just how you apply it and also the scale, how successful you are in terms of volumes. And again, you are coming from the position that you've been in across the spectrum from a mass market to a premium market. Yes. Right. I struggled as a mass market uh, dealer before times are tough when you don't have the ability to secure COEs and it's really sometimes living from hand to mouth. Yeah. So on the subject of maybe not so much hand to mouth from here to the end of 2023, do you think there is a chance that COE might, the premiums might come down? There is no chance COE premiums will come down. And I would probably stick my neck out to say that the days of having a, a five-figure COEs are well and truly over. I think over the last one or two years, we demonstrated that we are able to accept a six-figure COE quite well without much protestation. And that 
probably is where COEs will be, despite the fact that from 2023 onwards, there's supposed to be a lot more COEs. I do not think that more COEs, or rather to the extent of what's available, will be released. Maintaining this sort of pricing is actually beneficial, not only to limit the number of cars on the road, and I think post-COVID traffic jams are now a thing. People start to really realise that there are many cars on the road. Yep. And so I think there are a lot of reasons for the government not to actually release too many COEs. And yet at the same time, having high COE prices can be a problem because it tends to make buying a car less accessible. And so therefore, I feel that these are a reality that we probably need to deal with for the next few years, despite the fact that there is a record number of cars that will be scrapped from 2023 onwards. I just don't think that it's wise for us to expect all of that to be released. And it's probably not wise for us to expect that COEs will come down to 80, 60, 50,000. It's probably not realistic. But what about, you see, I'm still trying to fight this point on COEs going, (laughs) please help me. (laughs) But this point on COEs staying at that six digit level, I mean, 10, sorry, was it 15 years ago we had COEs at $13,000, $15,000 and now we're at 100 something. In the course of my work reporting on COE progress, there's also talks of how people tend to, there will be enterprises that will stand to lose if the COE were to correct and drop dramatically. Yeah, I think by and large, it is not good for banks to have fluctuating COEs Mm -hmm. because that affects the value of the assets that they carry. Okay. Banks tend to like stable COE prices. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. Used car dealerships hate fluctuating COEs because if they buy at a time when COEs were high, put it in their their showroom and COEs plummet, then suddenly whatever they bought last month is Mm. not worth as much. So used car dealers generally hate fluctuating COEs. And I think from a planning perspective, authorized dealerships also don't really want COEs that yo-yo too much because it is difficult for you to plan out your supply chain. So I would say that it's actually in everyone's interest to actually maintain a constant sort of level of COEs. And you would find that if you look at COEs historical numbers, they tend to follow the supply that's being released in the marketplace. Whether you know this or not, the car industry is largely immune to macroeconomic factors. We've gone through financial crises, you know, wars and such, and you hardly see it ever affecting COE prices. So I would say that by and large, supply side factors would maintain a steady stream of uh, COE levels, okay. which is actually fairly good for the industry as a whole. Fairly good, but as a personal, as a private individual, then not so good. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody wants a $10,000, COE. Yes. But when supplies are as limited as they are, It's whether that's going to be a reality. My humble opinion is that there will be no such realities in the near future. Wow. That's a really sobering thought to end this conversation. Thanks a lot, Say. Yeah, you're most (laughs) welcome. I I hope I didn't (laughs) rain on anybody's parade. Well, that's a wrap for COE Watch, a podcast by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Lee Nianjo. If you resonate with the points race, do share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read more of my transport articles, there's a link in the podcast show notes. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. 
Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.